the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like and come and join us in the chat, a.k.a. the Cover 3 tailgate. And you see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. And look, Ryan in the tailgate, I get it. I I had to hastily put together this headline. I did not include Bill O'Brien in the headline. So, yes, this is technically sirens for both Chip Kelly and Bill O'Brien. But, yes, Chip Kelly is going to be the second piece of this is actually the first piece of this. So, uh, Bud, as we now are getting the news, and it is currently 2.34 p.m. Eastern time on Friday afternoon, the reports are coming from uh, Bruce Feldman. They are from Pete Thamel. We are just at expected. So I at least want to say this, but as you and I have often had to do in these, um, you know, sirens in your feed moments, we are going to operate and have the rest of this discussion with the assumption that nothing's going to fall apart and that Chip Kelly is going to be the Bill O'Brien replacement in Columbus, which brings Chip Kelly back with Ryan Day, his old quarterback from New Hampshire. But also, and the other piece of this is very important too, is a sitting Big Ten head coach leaving his post to go be an offensive coordinator for a conference foe. So let's start about the, um, the, the Chip Kelly to Ohio State side of this. How, do you think that this is an upgrade? You went from Bill O'Brien to Chip Kelly. I, I do. Um, maybe not an enormous upgrade. I, there, there's a lot of people in the industry who have, uh, the, the coaching industry, who have a lot of respect for what Bill O'Brien's done. They like Bill O'Brien's passing concepts and his work with, with quarterbacks. You know, he did a good job at Penn State. I think overall... A pretty damn good job coaching the Texans. Now, GM-wise, probably not. So, and with Alabama, um, you know, Bryce Young was the number one pick, so he, he didn't screw that up, at least. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you could argue that it could be a bit of a coaching upgrade from the the aspect that Ohio State might want to be, uh, you know, kind of featuring a little more quarterback mobility in its offense now. And certainly, Chip uh, knows quite Chip. Kelly. I know. It's Chip Patterson knows a heck of a lot too <laughs> about quarterback mobility. But um yeah, I I think you could argue that it's an upgrade. It 
it's really interesting. Like you got a pretty quirky guy who literally is just all like just wants to coach ball. Doesn't want to do, you know, the the personnel and the the management side of it. And he's made a ton of money in his career. And now he gets to go just just basically coordinate. And like I'm not saying he won't have to recruit at UCLA or at, at Ohio State, but there are certain things he would do at UCLA he doesn't have to do now. Oh, well, okay. Yes. Let's let's go ahead and go there then. I think this is Chip Kelly restarting the clock. So what did we know about Chip Kelly? We knew that the way the season ended, um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like Bill Bill, Bill Plaschke and the other prominent voices in Los Angeles were like, guys, this is done. And then we were met with all this information about the specifics of the Chip Kelly buyout, why a move wouldn't be made potentially at a certain time. And what happens after that? He loses his star quarterback recruit to Oregon. And he also loses his star defensive coordinator to USC. UCLA was going to be heading into a season in 2024 where Chip Kelly was under real job pressure. And I do not see the tools for the kind of season that relieves that job pressure with UCLA's current roster. So Chip Kelly, whether it was going to be the Seahawks offensive coordinator, whether it was going to be the Raiders offensive coordinator, the commander's offensive coordinator, you know, any of those, I was going to say restart the clock type motivations, but in Ohio state, it's just more notable because it's like, okay, you're staying not only in college, but at what we perceive to be the same level there in the Super 2. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Chip Kelly. Let's let's think about him just as an offensive coordinator. He had at Oregon, like just to take it all the way back to his sort of DNA, since that'll be a lot of the story, versatile rushing attacks, right? Yeah. And use a couple different backs, use them different ways, keep a defense on their heels with that versatility because they never know exactly where it's coming from. And in doing that, you are able to, with Oregon, give your offensive line a chance to have a step, be a step ahead of the defense. And when I look at everything for Ohio State's personnel in 2024, my only question mark, and it's not a big one, but if I'm nitpicking, it is the offensive line. So we have a deep and talented running back room which is like, you know, you already bring in Travion Henderson back. You got Quinshaw Judkins back and you have a Mecca Buka back. You've got uh, the super talented, whether it's Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate, you know, pick your poison right there. You got a, a quarterback with a little bit of move to him. So now we are able to take the one thing that I actually had a question mark about. And again, not a big one, offensive line. If you're able to build an offense around this versatile rushing attack, something that Chip Kelly has done before. I, I like that a lot. If I'm an Ohio State fan, I might say upgrade, but it's not because I'm down on Bill O'Brien. I just can imagine what that's going to look like with this 24 Buckeyes team. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Ohio State if a guy like Chip Kelly is available. And, and I mean, what, what luck for Ohio State, right? I, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we lose Bill O'Brien, and they just happen to have Chip Kelly. Cool. Like, that's that that is a that's a stroke of luck for Ohio State. It it really does suck for the folks in the building at UCLA, though, right? Like Chip oh, Kelly's got yes. Chip Kelly's got a ton of money, but those folks who move their families out there to go coach there or to go work in administration, like that, that sucks, man. Yes, this, I, this late in the cycle, yeah. a lot of jobs are filled. So finding a a future for UCLA is uh, is definitely a big part of this. What do you want? You want to go ahead and and take it there? I mean, because we, I do like uh, with the the limited time that we have here, I do want to also hit on Bill O'Brien to Boston College. We talked about it a lot through the week, just because it seemed like it was headed in that direction. But I want to make sure we give it a mention since we are going live here uh, with the sirens in their feed. 
So, so what's what does UCLA do now? So I, I think we need to separate like what the UCLA job is in terms of wh- what would a, an average uh, you know effort enthusiasm level coach what would he cl- complain about about UCLA versus like what Chip Kelly would complain about, right? So like I I think Chip Kelly left because he doesn't like the transfer portal, okay. He doesn't like having to deal. Well, clearly, he thinks athletes should be compensated. He said so, but he doesn't like, I think, having to, you know, shake down donors for for donations to NIL and, and to go out there and politic and campaign. That like that, that's a lot of work, right? I, I don't think Chip Kelly wants to deal with all that stuff. You kind of have to do that at every job as a head coach. So, I don't know, you know how many complaints that Chip Kelly had are going to be carryover complaints, right? Uh, from from other guys if they take that job. But I, I also know like Chip Kelly clashed with the administration a ton. Is that all Chip Kelly? Or is that does that also say something about UCLA's administration? Right? Who knows? Uh, as far as replacements, I have not seen a hot board for this yet. I haven't even had a chance to text any agents, be like, okay, who, who are you guys trying to place in this? Like, the, who, who's getting feelers out for this? I mean, does Jed Fish feel... Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying, like, yeah. th- does he feel, I don't want to say dumb, but uh, regretful? Like, would you rather have UCLA or Washington? Washington, unquestionably. Unquestionably? Yeah. I think you've... I I have... I've, I've bought in. Um, okay. There is a community in Seattle of yeah. um, Washington grads of means who will buy season tickets who, you know, will go to games when the team is running hot. I think Washington's ceiling is higher than UCLA's ceiling. And I think that before he left, while Kalen DeBoer, we don't imagine him as this like great fundraiser. I think he did a lot to be able to at least get it rolling with the Big Ten move on the horizon. He didn't know Alabama was going to come calling. He thought that he was going to be there a good while longer. And so I do think the infrastructure... For such things, I mean, I know that this isn't like your your purview right now, but Mick Cronin, I believe to be one of the better college basketball coaches, just in terms of like, you know, X's and O's going out there, coaching them up, um, you know, getting your team ready to play. And he has been complaining all season as UCLA has stunk about how they don't have any money, they don't have any money to go get players. And if that's happening at men's basketball at a place at like UCLA, yeah, then it, I just. I think it's tough to be able to get that support. So if I'm Jed Fish, I, I would rather be at Washington. I would rather be at Washington as well. I think instead of the word unquestionably, I would probably use, um, you know, arguably, right? Arguably I, I think short. you can make a case, but yeah, I I, I certainly get that. Uh, Bruin Report Online, which does a tremendous job covering UCLA and is like like the UCLA spot for a long time. Their hot board is up. Nice. They, they I think they knew this was coming. Tom Herman. David Shaw, which I've actually heard some people saying for a couple days now, which would be very interesting. Uh, I just don't know if I really believe that. Uh, Matt Campbell, Tony White, the D coordinator at Nebraska, which would make a lot of sense. You know, so, um, yeah, that I think he's pretty, pretty, pretty good football coach. Uh, Justin Wilcox at Cal, who does a really good job if you understand the limitations of Cal. But it's not a sexy track record if you don't consider the, the limitations of Cal. Brian Hartline, uh, PJ Fleck, Barry Odom, Danton Lynn, who was the DC and is now the yeah. DC at, uh, at at USC, 
Jason Candle and Jason Candle's on like every single list for all time, I guess. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good list of candidates for a job, right? UCLA is not a top 20 job, but it's a top 35 job. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I do agree that that's a good list, especially if you're trying to think about um, the future. When I was talking about being down on the, the roster, the, you know, where, where that program was after a couple of underachieving seasons, uh, those last couple of years, or at least this year, I definitely fell short of my expectations with the way yeah. they finished the season. Um, you know, I, if Danton Lynn does comes and takes the job, then you kind of move forward without having too much friction, right? Just because the defense was the best part of that team last year, he's able to take over. And even if it takes you a couple years and a couple cycles to be able to, you know, get that roster talent wise back into a position where you might have a real shot at it, at least he's even though he wasn't there long, at least he's been there. And that would be something that doesn't cause too much disruption, except to your rival who would now have to go, you know, I guess promote one of their other superstar defensive uh, staff additions. Completely agree. Uh, also like who you, who you hire. Everybody needs NIL to a certain extent to get players, but I think it's important to match up the type of coach you have with your recruiting resources. If you really don't have any money, then you need to probably get another guy who's like, okay, good charisma to recruit, but understands like we're probably not going to win some of these superstar battles if we really don't have anything. Like, like you can win superstar battles without being the highest bidder, as long as you're somewhat in the ballpark. You know, if you're getting mm-hmm. blown away, that's not going to happen. Uh, but a guy that that does a good job with scheme, you know, can recruit Southern California. That those are are important factors, I think, for me. Their schedule is pretty tough, I believe, to start the year. I mean, that's uh, 2024. All right, that's men's basketball. Hey, found football. All right, here we go. Uh, At Hawaii, host Indiana, at LSU, Oregon, at Penn State, Minnesota, at Rutgers, off week, at Nebraska, host Iowa, at Washington, host USC, host Fresno. It's not bad. You don't get Michigan and you don't get Ohio State. Yeah. Which is notable. But – I mean, LSU, Penn State, Oregon. I, Penn State and Oregon were the ones that jumped out at me. You could, I mean. Also, you're asking, at, at Rutgers is not a gimme. Like, you, you need to play decently well for a cross-country trip to feel good about that. Like, you'll probably be favored. Right. But Rutgers brings a lot back. So, I don't, I, I've just been kind of diving into some stuff. I, that's not going to be a game where you're favored by, like, 14. There, there are not a lot of gimmies on the schedule, I guess is my point. So, you know, we will. uh We'll see what happens there, man. It, it's transfer portal wise, their kids are eligible. Good luck getting into school right now, <clears throat> unless you find a place that's on the quarter system. Um, there's a couple guys on the roster I think some schools would be interested in, but it wouldn't surprise me to see if they don't jump until the spring. Gotcha. All right. Coming up on the other side, more about UCLA's future moving forward. Ohio State gets Chip Kelly. And yes, the reason why Chip Kelly is leaving his job as a head coach at UCLA to go be an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Well, that's because Bill O'Brien left after being hired to now be the next head coach at Boston College. We'll get into the Eagles hire as well next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, you see those sirens in your feed. You know what that means. It is, and I should have said it at the beginning, I'm so sorry to you, to everyone that that I did this. I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, this is, everyone, everyone Everyone continues to remind me that um, when I declared the coaching carousel over with Sharon Moore's promotion, I set in motion what I guess is just going to be a never-ending carousel. Just between now, it'll it'll bleed right into the 2024 season. We've had two Power 5 openings since then. Jeff Halfley leaves his job at Boston College to go be the, off, the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And now... Um, Chip Kelly leaves his post as head coach of UCLA to go be the offensive coordinator, a coordinator for a pro team as well. Just the pro team that's in Columbus. $13 million. Um, all right, so who on UCLA's roster should we be looking at as now there is a 30-day window um, where they could transfer without penalty? However, as you just mentioned, based on the academics of all this, it might be more of a a flurry of activity around the Bruins in the spring window, without a doubt, something that their next hire is going to have to work really, really hard on over the next couple of months to be able to lock that roster down. I mean, I, I don't hate Garbers, honestly, right? Like, like that's he played fairly well for them in the bowl game. Uh, Sturdivant, I think, is a guy who still has eligibility and still has some ability. Now, their quarterback situation was, was pretty lacking this year. Um, I believe they lose a couple of the offensive linemen. Uh, but they're they're still decent dudes. Uh, Jay Toya on the defensive line is a guy that I think you know, schools would be interested in. Those are some names that I, I think that schools would probably circle, you know. But more for the spring period, I would think uh, most likely, unless you can get them in, which would be interesting. That'd be uh, that'd be a tough transition for the person. I mean, sometimes when we're doing this like offseason yeah. personnel stuff, and like I'm I'm glad you highlighted, for example, UCLA's like staff the assistant coaches who are there who are getting ready for spring practice, the support staff that has been grinding on roster construction, like their lives are turned upside down right now. They're hoping they still have a job, you know, like this right. is, it's a really, really difficult time for them. It's also difficult for the players. Like if yeah. it, now all of a sudden I've got to decide whether I'm going to up and leave, you know, I might already be going with classes right now. I might've already had all these things set in motion. So, you know, I, I, as much as we do acknowledge the transactional nature of this, especially in the modern era, I'm, I'm glad we're able to highlight the the human part of that as well. I would not expect a ton of activity until uh, till after spring practice. Or do you think players are going to sit out spring practice, knowing that they're about to transfer? I don't know. I I guess they could. I haven't really thought about that. But 
I literally just thought about it while I was talking, which is why it's a ball, hard you, turn. You probably want to play, but I, I, I don't know. Um, UCLA just put out a release on his departure, and the announced today that he is departing UCLA after six seasons. Uh, they thank Chip for his time. Uh, and then they said, it's imperative we support our student athletes and put them in the best positions to succeed, said Martin Jarman, the uh, the AD at UCLA. Uh, UCLA is a special place, and we are confident we will find a leader for our football program who develops young men on and off the field and embodies our true Bruin values. Didn't uh, – wasn't Jarman the AD at BC? Yep. Okay. And I think Jeff Halfley might have been an assistant for Chip Kelly in the NFL. Yeah. Are there any obvious connections that he has to people? Trying he to also came from Ohio State. And Michigan State before that. Yeah. So, D'Antonio, he would have been at Michigan State when Narduzzi was the D.C. for at least part of the time, right? 03 to 09. Would you, would you leave Pitt for UCLA right now? Would I leave Pitt for UCLA? Yes, because I think it's a restart the clock move. I mean, I'm I'm going to see Narduzzi in about two hours and ten minutes. That, that's that's why we had kind of a tight timeline to get this thing because he's at the Nike Clinic down here in Orlando. But I, I don't think he's any in any real danger. But if you just had a bad season, and he did. But it was like his first bad season know, in a run of like five or six years. Football fans are fickle, man. And, and like like we oh, talk man. about, ADs, even if you don't really think you can do better, and I don't think that Pitt can do better than what Pat Narduzzi has done at Pitt. You're only one bad season away from, you know, so you restart the clock. But I don't know. Like, how L.A. does Pat Narduzzi feel to you? Not. Not. Not particularly L.A. No. No, no not at all. That's Anybody who was at Ohio State, I mean, Vrabel, but that that UCLA feels way too small for him to take, unless I'm missing something there. I I real the more that we're sitting here, and again, we are just literally talking. Tom to Herman one makes a lot of sense because of this. Tom Herman, it's, the it's Ohio the State. Urban, it's the Urban Meyer tree, right? Jarman mm -hmm. would have been there when when Urban got hired. He also um, did he hire Narduzzi at Boston? Or uh, sorry, did he hire Adazio at Boston College, or did he did he just fire him? I would expect that he inherited because I didn't think his time there was that extensive. 2017 was the first one. Okay. I'm just trying to remember remember the timeline here because obviously Adazio is off the urban tree. Hey, hey, you know how also this is how broken yeah, my, this is how broken my brain is. I know that Steve Adazio was at uh Boston College before that because of Vine. And I was like, when was Vine? Oh, like, right. Yeah. You know, dudes, yeah. dudes. Yeah. Vine. Um just yeah, so guys I, being dudes. I don't know. That's uh, do you see Dion being considered? The, the chat is saying some Dion. I, I don't really, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't. I wouldn't do that. Dion brings his own NIL, though. I would, uh, get NIL problems. I mean, I would just like there's a I'd call I him think... and see what he wants to do. I mean, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, Again, I'm just stuck here on Danton Lynn. It's just like, how do you preserve continuity? How do you preserve yeah. the roster? How do you uh, knife USC in the back a little bit too? You know, like there's. You want to preserve continuity if you were unhappy with the product. Like, do we need continuity of a product with which we were unhappy? But it wasn't the defense. The defense was awesome. Yeah, that's fair. And like, there were guys on that defense that were not 
superstar prospects or guys that had like flashed a lot early in their career. There were a lot of like three, four year guys that were starting to play at an all conference, not an all American, but like at an all conference kind of level. So would, would you be unhappy with David Shaw? No, I would expect that you're going to fire him in four years, but I think that's a, I think that's a stability move just so that you've got a, an adult, right? We're not that Chip Kelly wasn't, but it's like, this is a awful situation in terms of trying to get a program organized and ready to go. And he was around the team in the building. Isn't his son on the team or something like that? So, uh, yeah, there, I mean, I've heard a lot of David Shaw talk from people that I'm not sure would know, but it, the fact that they, they were coming to me with the name before any kind of hot boards were out there suggests that maybe there, there has been some rumor of this. Um, I'm unsure what to think about David Shaw. So if you look at his track record, 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 11 and 3, 8 and 5, 12 and 2, 10 and 3, 9 and 5, 9 and 4. That's a really good track record up until the year that the early signing period was, came on, which was 2018. But that's and a I believe, Stanford thing. I can't yes, just correct. That that's on what I'm David saying. Shaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I don't really fault David Shaw entirely for the downfall of Stanford. Okay, Stanford was very slow to adjust administratively to the advent of the early signing period. They were often not offering kids admission until like in January, mm-hmm. which was after their signing period. They, I believe, don't allow early enrollees. So that also turns a lot of good players off, especially good academic players who are like, oh, I'm done with my classes for high school. I, I graduated semester early so I can go join spring practice. Now, the uh, like outright refusal to make changes on the coaching staff, I think probably is his fault. And a lot of guys go through this. Uh, you, you see it. So that's not, that is a David Shaw problem, but it is not a, a problem that is solely a David Shaw problem, right? Yeah, I also, I also get to a place where... Like Jimbo... I was like, get Jimbo the heck out of Tallahassee because none of these other guys on his staff are going to get good jobs. And in fact, none of them coached D1 the next year mm. that he didn't take. Like all the guys he left, which is like six guys. I'm just going back. So it it's not just David Shaw that, that keeps guys well past their prime or refuses to make a move because you're friends with them. But man, David Shaw doesn't get me fi- like fired up. I don't know. I, I'd He's- be interested to see what he can do. Well, it's uh, I also I can't my one of my biases is just trying to predict where this ends as much as it is trying to like give advice or think that I know the best. And somebody in the tailgate just said it, and I, I definitely agree. David Shaw is the type of candidate that like the UC Board of Regents is going to love, you know, like or, or yeah. like anybody who is um, they're, they're going to love the you know leaning into the student athlete experience. You know, UCLA is there is some of that there. Like, like there you have to still, go to class. Yeah, there's an athletic department there that still cares about winning national championships in everything and bragging about competing for national championships in everything. It's not just the football and the club sports. I mean, they kind of they really like hold them all up. And so I I could see yeah. that um, David Shaw's background at Stanford would make him he would know how to move about those rooms and and know how to make everybody at the athletic department, you know, play play push those right buttons, maybe in a way that Chip Kelly wasn't. Ryan, one of our super commenters in the chat, suggested Tommy Reese. And I, I don't hate that either, honestly. Uh, if, if you want to go coordinator and you don't want to go Len, um, because he has been at a school. We, we, we got to come up with the, with the term. It's better than academic school because all schools are, are technically academic. But you know, he was with the Irish 
So he has dealt with guys who like do go to class and, and there is, well, that's, yeah, I feel like you say that sometimes and that's like your tagline. It's like, like no, that's, that's an academic school. school. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying in my head to come up with a new term because every, every school is an academic school in some way. Um, but some more than others, I guess. I, I would say, what, what do we call that? That's more of a, that's more of a tenant suggested school, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. um, all right. Uh, any other sort of final thoughts on this again, UCLA Boston college getting BOB. Yeah, that's I want to take us there. So Bill O'Brien off to Boston College. We'll get into that and more next. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Boston College introduces Bill O'Brien as its next head coach. That's what set all of this in motion. Uh, your thoughts now that the move is final? You know, um, I don't hate it. I thought of the candidates that I saw suggested, it made a lot of sense. I, I am not real convinced that you can do a better job than Jeff Hathley did at Boston College. But I, I'm not not convinced. I think it's possible maybe you're, what, like a win better, I guess. But you need to be realistic. The I'm, I'm pulling up their football season list here because I, I, I found it pretty instructive when I when I looked at this earlier. Oh, the um, list of Boston College football. I mean, your yeah, your, your peak is eight, not eight, like eight flash for a nine. I mean, so in 2007, 2008, you had um, like Miami was coached by Randy Shannon, so that was a disaster. Okay, you had Jimbo's first season as a coordinator. So you were just coming off the Jeff Bowden stuff. Clemson Cle- had, yeah, Clemson yeah. was a mess. Who, yeah, who Clemson, was, was North Carolina in 07? Uh, 07 is year one of Butch or year two of like, like good recruiting class, but the team on the field wasn't there yet. So that's basically their peak, right? They're in the league. And I, I mean, I was running an FSU blog back in like 06. And I remember thinking like, okay, like these Boston college fans talk a lot of smack. Their results here are much more correlated to what the teams that should be winning the league. If they're operating at peak efficiency are not doing than what Boston college is doing. Like, yes, those BC teams were good. You had Matt Ryan. Okay. Who was probably, a, probably or definitely a hall of famer in the NFL. I think you had you know, Mark Helfrich and Luke Keekley and some guys, not all on the same team necessarily, but they went nine and three, nine and or, sorry, Nine and three, ten and three, eleven and three, nine and five in their first four years in the ACC, and then the rest of the ACC kind of woke up. Mm-hmm. And since then, their high water mark is eight, and in conference, five wins. Yeah, they've five and three. It, they've done it twice. Halfley did it once, and uh, and also the fir- the uh, Frank Spaziani when, when he inherited the Tom O'Brien team. So, for the most part. Boston College should expect to have a losing record in conference and four and four in conference, in my opinion, should be considered a really good record. Um, 
you know, they almost won seven and 20, but they had a COVID game canceled on them. And that was a team. I thought that was going to be a pretty good team. And they, they had to follow like real COVID rules where some schools didn't. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like to me, we cut that video. It's actually, it's my pinned tweet on my Twitter, but Elliot three. Sometimes you fire a guy, not because you think you can truly do better, but because you know, the fans won't keep buying tickets. If you keep bumping up against your ceiling, you have to lie to them. You got to tell them there's a reason for hope that we can be a lot better. Do I think Boston College can be a lot better than making bowls? No, I don't. Not in this current configuration of the league, but you could tell me that the Halfley product was kind of stale, and I'd buy that. Boston interesting, but I don't know. No, 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 no. Like, I I think that Bill O'Brien is – What's the case that they could be – like, they contend for the league? I just don't think that that's an important conversation around Boston College. Boston College isn't on Bud Elliott's group of 18. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, you've got a group of 18, and on that group of 18, they are spread out across three conferences. Yeah. Right? So if you're not if you're not on that list of 18, why are we even talking about you? Like, you know, right. okay, you know, you're going to be winning the conference. Like, but do I believe that Bill O'Brien is a really good hire who can keep that team competitive? Because that's what you really want more than anything in a place like Boston College is competitiveness. I want to know the gap between our team and almost everybody on our schedule is going to be close enough that you're like, if we get these breaks, if this, this, that, or the other, we've got a shot. And I do believe that Bill O'Brien at winning a game. That's what I'm saying. Like you're doing like full season expectations. I think that you want to have a head coach because Boston College's floor is like a two and 10 season where you only win your non-conference games and you don't win a single game in they, conference play. They do a good job of not scheduling like, dumb stuff in the non-con. As a school, BC has done a better job than some of the other teams in the league of like not like they don't do the paycheck stuff nearly as much. So next year, Duquesne at Missouri, Michigan State, West Kentucky. That's a bad example, actually. That's probably yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. Hardest- no, that's, that was the reason why yeah. Jeff Halfley got out of town right. was because you went from not playing a power conference opponent when you did UConn Army, Northern Illinois, Holy Cross in 2023 to trading out two of those for, let's just say, UConn and Army, trading them out for Michigan State and Missouri. They have exciting games that are exciting relative to their talent level coming up. So at Cincinnati, Rutgers, Maine. Like Cincinnati and Rutgers are two games that if you're a Boston College fan, you're kind of fired up to go see because those are like reasonable similes to what your program is, right? Fordham, UMass at Michigan State, and contractually you have the Notre Dame game because the ACC. It's probably not worth reading a lot of this because I don't know how many of these games are going to be around in three or four years. I know. When, but, they, uh, when, when they announced that every ACC, uh, every ACC championship the rest of the way was going to be in the state of North Carolina, I was like, oh, man, is that just – is that really cynical? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. no, no, no. Hey, real talk. My opinion on this, this is not my knowledge. This is my opinion. That's more tied to uh, the relocation of the office. And that like in, in the relocation of the office, I think that there was a little bit of a, um, I don't know whether it was in writing or not, but it's like, hey, we're going to relocate anywhere. And there's some like financial incentive for that. And it's like, okay, we'll put championships here. So if I'm BC, I want to go. Like my, I think my goal as the AD to evaluate is 500 or better against Cal, Stanford, Wake, Duke, Cuse. 
Help me out here. Am I missing somebody? Pitt. UVA and Pitt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just say even though Pitt is running hotter, you that is your peer. You you want to be right there. You want to be similar to Pitt. I think yeah. Pitt's a better program than Boston College, but it's I, not by a ton. I, I think they've got a they cast a wider net from just sort of like the university itself. Yes. So all right, that's seven teams. Can you be in the uh the second from bottom quartile in the ACC? Yeah, I think Bill, and all this say, I think Bill O'Brien can get there. And I think that Bill O'Brien, the great advantage, and I think I said this maybe earlier in the week, is he's not going to show up and be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh no. You know, he's he's going to know exactly what they can do, the gap between them and the very top, and he's not going to immediately be overwhelmed with trying to accomplish that. So Rox Hunter says, uh, I have no idea what I'm talking about with BC. All right, let me know. What why should be why should BC be materially better than that? What's what's BC's NIL budget? You know, like don't be upset. No, I'm not, but I'm like, like are, are we missing this? Because there are only two of us. If we had four, then if there's four, we all agree, typically no. But I I'm 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 confused as to why people think like Boston College is better than that. They're a take the check, take the losses program. My 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 take on that is it, it does come back to a there are programs that we are not talking about competing for championships right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and then number two is like, okay, so what are you playing for? And that's where I've settled on competitiveness that it cannot be an embarrassing, uncompetitive product on right. Saturdays, whether that's on television, whether that's in the stadium, like you're just, you, that should not be acceptable. And so if you can deliver on that competitiveness, if you can win about as much as you lose against teams that are your peers and beat the teams that you should beat, which is also sometimes just as important, just as difficult for some of these coaches at these programs, then yeah, it's a, it's a good hire. I mean, you, you look at this, they did get blown out a couple times in, in, in the last, uh, last year, right? So they, got, they lost, I mean, they were very competitive against FSU. They only lost by two. Uh, Louisville beat now they did get crushed by Louisville they lost by by 29 uh they lost the Hokies beat them by by 26 I mean they're competitive with Pitt Miami beat them by 25 I, I don't is it reasonable to think you're going to go the season without a couple blowout losses I I don't think so I mean most games being competitive right like have it, we we talked about this was it UConn, UConn contract or the Rutgers contract? Like having incentives in there where, hey, if games are competitive into the third quarter, so people are staying in the seats, they're still buying concessions. They feel like they got their money's worth. It, it's nothing's worse than like a BC alum who they don't all live in BC flying in for a game. They're like, well, damn it, man. Like it's cool. I got to go back. I'm gonna, but like, we're down three touchdowns at half. That sucks. So I don't know. Maybe I'm too cynical on this. Um, one last thing before we get out of here, because I know you got to go try to catch up with Pat Narduzzi and you know stick a phone in his face and say, "Hey, Pat, 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 are you a candidate for UCLA?" Oh my gosh, I will. Don't, don't. I don't know if he would like that. Um, what? What? Like he would just look. At me. <laughs> like really, really? Okay. Yeah. Um. So. I was thinking about the Chip Kelly side of this because one of the questions from the tailgate earlier was, "How long do you see Chip Kelly at Ohio State?" Chip Kelly 
is very smart and probably knows his path to the NFL, a path that he pursued this offseason, interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs, his path to the NFL is easier as Ohio State's offensive coordinator than it is as UCLA's head coach in 2024. Really? Yeah. I, I think he clearly wants to get back to the NFL. I think he has a better chance of doing it as the, you know, support what, whatever happens with these monsters. Oh, that's the other thing. This, this adds to the rock star quality of the 2024 Ohio State Buckeyes. No doubt. I think Ryan Day is a really, really bright mind. Um, but like, it's just Chip Kelly and all these NIL driven portal editions and, and all of that just sort of rock star uh, world tour juggernaut quality in the wake of Michigan winning the national championship. It's awesome. It's a good, it's a, it's a great, great season for narratives in the big 10. The other, uh, the other thing I wanted to point out. Um, so Justin Fry who is Ohio State's offensive line coach, was Chip's O-line coach from, like, basically I think when he was hired to last year was his second year, so like 18 to 21. Okay. So there's another commonality there. Like, Chip is going to be familiar with the offensive line stuff going on at Ohio State. In terms of scheme, how they teach, the, the verbiage won't be a new thing to learn. It, it might be a new thing for, for Chip to learn what Ryan Day is doing. Kind of doubt it. Uh, but you at least have somebody else on staff who you coach with for multiple years and coach very closely with uh, who can pretty quickly translate it for you. So that's kind of kind of solid, you know? Um, I like it. MH5 in the Cover 3 tailgate says, so is it national championship or bust for Ohio State? And my answer is, isn't it always? Yes, I, I think so. It, it's uh, It's definitely win a playoff game or bust. How about that? Like get like 2020, and that's the thing. You can't even count 2020 as a successful year. They only played like four regular season games. Yeah, you didn't even get to ride the full train of beating Western Kentucky 63 to 10, you know, or whatever ends up coming along the way. So yeah, I would I would say it almost always as national championship or bust for Ohio State, and the urgency powered in part by these losses to Michigan and Michigan winning the title have. Ryan Day and this program absolutely loading up. Yeah. And that includes former NFL head coach as offensive coordinator. He leaves, replace him with another former NFL head coach. It just so happens he's the sitting head coach at one of your new conference foes. So UCLA search begins, Ohio State, uh, even, even a bigger headline uh, as we head into 2024. Uh, one thing I am seeing on, on some message board stuff here, do we think uh, do we think Martin Jarman erred in not firing Chip after the season? Because now you're you're in a more difficult spot in some ways. Yes, but also you protect your you protect your roster if you wait this long because guys don't have spots to go for the most part. That's true. I I think you and the new guy it. gets like eighteen weeks to to talk to him, assuming you can run a search. Like, are there candidates out there who you would have gotten who took lesser jobs than you because you waited? I think there are potentially uh, coaches in the Big 12 and the ACC who would have thought in December about taking a UCLA job with the idea that you're leading them into the Big 10, this, that, or the other. You're seeing the, you know, this is before we ever knew about the STAB, the Super 2 Advisory Board, but like, this is, coaches know. I mean, they they see the direction that these things are going. 
And I, I think that there are coaches who have already gotten their plans together for spring. And at this point they're like, ah, you know, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to treat it the same as if they had gotten the same call two months earlier. I think that's fair. I mean, what if you'd fired them in mid November when they were calling for, you know, right. We'll see. Anyway, we'll keep you up to date with all the latest. We appreciate you hanging out. And you can follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Bud, thank you very much. See you, buddy.